Hello, everyone. Bob or Michelle, you guys might remember this. Liz and I were talking about the book Hello from the Gillespies, and I thought we had done it in Fiction Old and New, but I checked and we didn't. Did we do that in Novel Ideas, or has no one done that great book? I think they did that book, actually, in, in World of Books. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the group that did it. I think Novel Ideas did a different book from her, but which one, I I don't remember. And Ladon, I wanted to tell you that I finished the book that you recommended for Novel Ideas today, um, Beneath the Scarlet Sky. I actually finished that this afternoon. Oh, it's a great book. Ladon, uh, and he also recommended uh, The Mountain Between Us. I think, it, is it Bob Martin or Charles Martin? I can't remember. A tremendous book. Really tears your heart out. Really does. Um Yes, it was Worlds of Books that did Hello to the Gillespies or whatever. It's a cute book. It's pretty good. You know, it's newsy and it was readable and we, we it was in the middle. I, ra- I would rate it, but it just depends on the individual. Oh, I really loved that book. I thought it was fantastic. Um, welcome, Shelley. Um, I talked to Alan Lemley earlier and he said you might join us and did not have a microphone. So he said he told you how to type things in. If I notice something typed in from you, I will try to read it up there. But I might be pretty slow, but I'll try to get to it. And we're glad to have you join us. And this is this our nice lady from England or Wales, Sherry? No, that's Shell. This is Shelley Kane. And Alan had uh, told me that he had talked to her and she might join us tonight. I'm worried about Shell. I hope she contacts somebody because she can use international numbers or her computer to get to Zoom also. So, uh, Shelly, welcome. We have a friend named Shelly, and uh, she's a good person. I'm sure you are, too. Hi, Shelly. Welcome. Nice nice to have you here. Yeah, I, I hear from Shell sometimes, and um, I, I think she's pretty tech-savvy. She seems that way to me, so I have a feeling she'll probably... <laughs> Figure out the Zoom program faster faster than I will, I have a feeling. D- does anybody have any questions about the Zoom program um, while we have a minute or so before we get started? I think Alan ultimately is correct when he says download the app and he sent out a bulletin. If you need one, write to me. I'll give it to you. Because uh, that gets you into getting a free account. Your name comes up all the time instead of a phone number depending on where you're calling. But if you don't want to, you don't want to. I was trying to remember, and I think what happened is Michael or one of my friends downloaded the app for me, so that's why it was easier. And, of course, not being a host, it's very easy to get in the rooms. Well, I know when I tried it out, um, I downloaded it to my PC. And the one thing that I did notice, which I remember Alan mentioning at the history group, was it's better to sign into if if you if you sign out of it like some people just leave, sign it stay signed in all the time but if you sign out of the zoom program you should sign into it first and then go to the announcement for whatever group you're going to and enter the room because i think it's a little bit more complicated to sign in when you're there at least i found it more complicated it was easier for me to sign into the program first and then try to enter the the appropriate meeting room. So I, that's just a little tiny tidbit. I, but I know they Alan sent out a whole bunch of hints that you recommended, Bob, and also Deborah Armstrong as well. So that was helpful too. Oh lordy, I tried to do a little test, and uh, I had a heck of a time trying to sign in, I, and and I got in finally with Alan, 
but I didn't know how to do it. And I'm not quite sure. I think since then that uh, he has said to start the Zoom app first, and that might be uh, easier. But I, I couldn't figure out where in the world I was, and, and I did finally get at it, and then my microphone wasn't on, and I had all kinds of trouble. He must have stayed on there two hours with me to try to get the darn thing to work right. And uh, it, it's just a hell of a mess, I thought. And uh, I thought when I heard, first was reading descriptions that if you had the app installed on your computer, you would get the link, you go to your email, click on the link, and it would put you right into the uh, room. Not so as far as I could tell, unless someone knows an easier way to do it. I think it works better after the first time. I know subsequent times I didn't have as much of a problem. I wanted to uh, welcome David and Carla and Marsha and Danielle. Danielle, I haven't seen you here before, so I apologize if I'm telling you something you already know, but if you want to talk and have a microphone, you hold down the control key, and you'll hear a chirp when it's your turn, and then you can just talk. And if you want to type... I will try to get up there and read them. I'm pretty slow. Um, I did notice a note from um, Shelley, and she said thank you for the warm welcome, and she's glad she can join us. And I see Danielle's hand is up, so let's let her say something before we start the meeting. Oops. Um, I'll, I'll be quick. I have never had to sign in except for the first time. I just go in with the link uh, that you know the, from the invitation and... Inf- in fact, I just tried it uh, tonight with the uh, uh, Tech Talk uh, event coming up, and I went right into the room. So I think once you use it, and once you're signed in, don't sign out. Just uh, just go in from the link that you're that you're given, and uh, it should be fine. And uh, good evening, everybody. Hi, everybody. I don't think I came to this meeting before, but or maybe I did. I don't know. I've been to a couple of meetings, book group meetings. Um, Zoom worked for me one time. I didn't have to sign in or anything. I just clicked on a link I was sent, and bam, all good. Next few times after that, couldn't really get in. So I don't know how this is going to go with having to sign in. I did create an account, so that remains to be seen. Um, Well, just a couple of things before we get started. First of all, welcome, everyone. Um, LaDon, if I can make a suggestion... I, I would say maybe the first time, you know, do it on the phone. Um, I know that, you know, everybody's talking about doing it through the computer because that way we can see everybody's name. But it, I think it's okay to to go through the phone, you know, especially the first time or so that you do the program because maybe that might be more comfortable. I know for me, a lot of times if I have the option of the phone or the PC, um, you know, I for fiction old and new because I'm one of the moderators. I'm going to try to go through the PC, but I'm definitely going to go to some book groups ahead of time. And if I have problems with the PC, I'm going to sign in through the phone. So I would, you know, consider that. Um, and the other thing is, um, Shelley, if you want to write your comments, I could have my husband come in at some point, and he is cited and I could have him read your comments. So don't feel like you can't participate because I'll ask him to come in and, you know, he doesn't mind doing that and he could just read whatever comments you want to say. So um, why don't we get started? Um, This is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, September 7th. 
2018. And as everyone knows, uh, next month we're going to be meeting on the Zoom platform instead of the accessible world. But my understanding is that the notices will still be posted on the website for Accessible World, and the recordings, in case you miss a, a book group meeting, will also be on the website as well. Um, and we have switched from meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So this will be our new time. And um, now I'm going to just give you a little bit of information about Lisa Scottolini. So Lisa Scottolini was born on July 1st, 1955 in Philadelphia, and she still lives there. She graduated with an English degree from the University of Pennsylvania, and then she went to the University of Pennsylvania Law School. She worked as a litigator, but she quit her job after her daughter was born and she, she, when she decided instead that she wanted to write legal thrillers. She's published uh, 30 books. Some of them are standalone novels, and some of them are part of a series called the Rosado and Associates series. Um, she's received the Edgar Award for Excellence in Crime Fiction and has served as a past president of the Mystery Writers of America. And with her daughter, Francesca, she writes a column in the Philadelphia Inquirer called Chick Wit, which is a, a humor column. Um, tonight's book, One Perfect Lie, was published in 2017. In the review for book list, it reads, Scottolini keeps the pace relentless as she drops a looming threat into the heart of an idyllic suburban community, causing readers to hold their breath in anticipation. So why don't we go around and see what everybody thought about this book. I'll let other people talk first, but I wanted to mention, Danielle, you're really quiet. So if you can do anything to adjust your microphone up, that would be great. If not, we'll just turn our volumes up. Hey, this is Alan. And I, I, please don't be techno-wimps when it comes to Zoom. The, the phone is great. That, that That's a last resort. But uh, tr try to learn how to use it with with your other devices if you can. Uh, because you have a lot more power with them, and we'll, we'll hammer out. I'm getting ready to write a. I've got a tech support ticket open with those guys, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get an understanding of why it seems to be a little inconsistent about what kind of presentation you get when you click on those links. But uh, anyway, that's enough of that. I love this book. Uh, thanks for picking it. I thought it was great. I like. I like this kind of story. I like the characters. I thought the writing was good. It. It. it it you know, yeah, you you may have had to suspend a little disbelief, but uh, uh, you know I, I like Chris slash, uh, God, I've forgotten what his what his real name was, uh, but uh, I, I I like the guy, and I found myself being very disappointed at the end because I thought God this guy's a bad guy, and I, I really like him, and then I found out he was an undercover ATF agent. I thought oh man this is great, so. Uh, yeah, it had a little bit of romance. Uh, I, I like his interaction with the kids. I thought she did a good job of presenting that. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the story. So, so thanks for picking it. And I really enjoyed it too. I've not read a Lisa. Well, I think I read one years ago, but I wasn't sure what sort of book it was going to be. And I really enjoyed it. And like Alan said at the beginning, I was convinced that he was a bad guy. Um, I thought she did that really well. It never occurred to me that he might actually be an agent. So I really enjoyed it. I like the action scenes. I like the the bit at the end, the rescue where they rescued uh, was it Ethan is his name, 
and I liked all the different kids and the parents. I thought it was a great story. It was a, a really good job. She put it together really well, and the romance was nice. And yeah, it was it was a great book. Oh well, I echo it. It was a great book. I must say, however, as a retired old teacher, his manipulation of the kids when when he was bad. You know, I know why he did it. By the end, the target kid and all that. But he really messed up friendships. He really went. I, I didn't like that part. I don't know what else he could have done as an undercover teacher and so forth. But uh, I'm glad, you know, when I found that he turned good, it was a great, great surprise to me. I didn't know where this was, if he was a serial killer, if he was just going to keep going till, uh someone caught him. Um, and the romance was handled very well. I thought Heather handled him very well. She did not just fall into his arms after he had manipulated Jordan uh, and so on. She says, no, wait a month. Let's think about it. And then, of course, at the end of the restaurant, uh, you, you know, she came through Casablanca type thing. She came through and, uh, you know, they, whatever they did, they did. And they probably got married uh, ever after. But it was uh, one perfect lie, which was he fooled everybody. I'm sorry about the um, I, I thought the guy. Oh, gosh, I forget his name from Colorado that, you know, yeah, I'm from Colorado. I went to high school there and I'm sending out your emails and all that. I thought, oh, boy, you know, what's going to happen here? Uh, and I'm sorry he was killed, but he was really nosy. <laughs> that's what I that's my opinion. Anyway, it was a great book. Yeah, I think we were all thrown that curve there at the beginning when uh, he went to the truck place uh, when the. Uh, uh, um, Chris went to the truck place and, uh, you know, decided he was going to get the box truck and build a bomb and all that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, man. And so then he was manipulating the kids, as you said, Bob. But it, it really was a good book. Um, I read some Lisa Scottolini books prior to this. So uh, when, when uh, this, this book was selected, I knew it was going to be a good one. But, yep, uh, I, I really enjoyed it, and I plan on reading more of her stuff. Well, I guess I'm in the minority here. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I like the Rosado and Associates series very much. And so I was expecting it to be just as great, but it was just okay for me. There were parts of the book that I liked. I liked how the ending was resolved. I thought surely he was a bad guy and he was going to cause trouble, and I was like... Oh, man, this ain't what I want to read. But then it turns out he was working for the good side, so that was nice. I didn't like the way he had to manipulate the children. That really didn't sit well with me. Again, I'm a retired teacher myself, so maybe that's why. But um, I did like that. I was sorry the guy, Abe, I guess his name was, was killed. Uh but I have to agree with Bob. He really was nosy. He was—he's like a coworker that you—you don't want to—you don't want to be bothered with every day. But that's what he got. So I don't know. I guess as we go along, there'll be some other parts. But mm, that's my take on it. Which is okay. Well, that's interesting to know that those other book series are really good too. I've never read any of those. I would have to totally agree with 
with you guys about him manipulating the kids. That's the only thing he did that I didn't like. And I don't really know that it was necessary. Although I suppose, you know, he knows what he's doing and he did get information from the kids eventually to break open the case. And I also thought as someone who generally gripes about the romance in the story, I thought this was just perfect. It wasn't heavy-handed. There wasn't some huge misunderstanding that they fought about and then got over. It was handled just perfectly, and I liked that, too. And like everybody else, I thought he was a bad guy, too, and I couldn't figure out why he would want to bomb this school or why he would want to destroy it. What happened? And it was really quite a shock to find out he was the good guy. Um, well, this is Michelle. I, I think I, I like Danielle and am in the minority on this book. Um, I, I actually really didn't like the book all that much. I, I found it kind of, um, I, I just had a hard time getting involved in the story. And for the first couple of hours, I found it very slow because he came to the school and he seemed to be some sort of a terrorist and he was targeting this boy and he was targeting that boy and we learned about the different boys families and I just thought okay which boy is he gonna pick and you know what's gonna happen and then about three hours in all of a sudden the book completely switched tones and he became this ATF agent who was a good guy and I just went huh what you know it just was so sudden for me that it just didn't sit well for me. I just, I, I found it, like, not shocking. I mean, it really wasn't shocking, but it just, I just said it was too drastic. It just went from him being such a bad guy to being such a good guy, and I just had a hard time sort of getting along with that little, you know, uh, change. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the story, it got very plot-heavy, um, and, you know, they found the girl, you know, underneath buried and, and he was in the car or something and there was a helicopter and I, I don't remember all the details, but it got really, really plot heavy. So I, I really was not that involved in the story. I mean, I, I understand that most people, most, it, it's interesting to me because until I started going to book groups like seven or eight years ago, I didn't realize how many people love suspense and mystery books? Like everybody loves suspense and mystery books except me. <laughs> I really don't love them. So whenever I go to a book group and they discuss suspense and mystery books, I always know I'm going to be in the minority because most of the time I don't really like them. I think I'm much more character-driven than plot-driven, and a lot of these books tend to be very plot-driven. Um, and the stuff about the suburban community... I felt like we've seen this all before. Like, you know, there's all these idyllic communities, but underneath, you know, this one's having an affair and this one is embezzling money. And it it's no, was nothing surprising to me. It's something that I've encountered, you know, in the newspaper or in all kinds of books or something. So I had a really hard time getting involved in the story. Um, but I will be happy to, I would love if somebody would explain to me about the switch from, um, him being a bad guy to suddenly being a good guy and, you know, why she did that. And, you know, it, it just didn't sit well for me. It just was so drastic and so sudden. It, it, it didn't really make that much sense to me. So I'm reading what Shelley has typed. She says, this was an awesome book and I couldn't put it down. It was also very suspenseful and I didn't know if Chris, who was posing as the teacher, was the bad guy or the good guy. Yeah, kind of like 
kind of like what, what we've all said. So, so yeah, I'm, we're glad you enjoyed it, Shelley. And uh, I do have one question. I'm a little confused. Why did they think they had to kill that teacher? I, I, I can't imagine why that guy was much of a threat to them. And uh, I'm not sure I got that part of it. Um, Hi. I just wanted to say overall I love this book. Um, I like suspense thrillers. Um, I often use them as like a palate cleanser between my more serious reads. Um, The only part of the book that I thought was maybe a little over the top was the actual helicopter rescue um, scene. Um, but it was okay. I mean, I, it's a fiction book, and I can, you know, I can get with that. Um, but I, I liked the book um, a lot. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess um, in terms of, I'm trying to remember exactly what point they killed the teacher, so I won't speak to that one because I can't remember it. But you know, I think that the guy just is being ATF. He knew something was coming down with the anniversary of September 11th coming up, and you know, he had to lay low. He had to be convincing or his cover would be blown. So uh, that's where the switch came. I'm going to yield to Ruth Ann here in a second. I know my, I better do that. I want, I want to hear her remarks. With that, that's obvious. I love suspense fiction. I, I'm totally bored with comfy cos. You know, I, I, I've always told you that my dear friends, the Brits, will spend 200 pages drinking tea and coming to the solution. That that would never hold me. And the first three hours did. I didn't know if he was a terrorist. I didn't know what he was doing. Sure, Alan said suspend disbelief. They didn't check it. With the internet, though, you can really fake resumes now. You can create your own background. In my day, when we started teaching, it would be harder. Uh, eventually, the letters would arrive. Eventually, the, recommend, the papers, your confidential papers and all that. But he just created everything. And, um, yeah, suspension of disbelief at the end when he rescued everybody and was leaping from cars and helicopters. And, you know, uh, I also noted uh, that he was the best agent of the ATF. There again, suspension of disbelief. And and the rabbi was on his side and Alex wasn't any. He kept saying, give me one more shot. One more. They can call you off a case, but if they had, the book would have ended. Let me see if Ruth Ann has something to say here, if you could back away, because it's harder for her to get in. Okay, Ruth Ann. Hello, uh, this is Ladon, and I'd like to say that uh, I like the book well enough. Uh, I also like character-driven uh, novels better than adventure novels, but this one read uh, easy, easy enough, and it was a short book. I gave it about a B minus, and of course, when Chris began to apply for the job at the school. The author let us know that he was uh, applying for all this job with all the fake uh, idea and everything. And, of course, we thought uh, that he was the bad guy, especially the first day of school when he started separating the, the kids, trying to figure out which one could he use. And then later on when he tried to... Uh, 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 separate the children, make them uh, work against one another. Of course, that was just the writer's uh, device to get us to thinking that he was a bad guy so that she could come along later and surprise us and then uh, change things. And so, yeah, I thought it was a a nice book, easy to read, about a B-minus. 
Um, I have two questions. Uh, one, why was that the teacher killed? And two, who killed him? I don't know. I don't remember if they really even said who killed him. But to me, that just didn't, it really didn't fit in the, in the plot. So I, I don't know. And I, I'm with most of you. I love a, a good suspense book. Um, just uh, sitting around and, and conversing just doesn't do it for me either. So, but yes, who killed the teacher and, and why? I think they left that unsaid, and I think in the book they first said he committed suicide, but we all know he was murdered. I, and yeah, it didn't seem, that seemed like she dropped the ball on that part of the plot. Um, Shelley writes that she was wondering the same thing, and at first she thought Chris might have killed him, which actually, you did have to wonder about that, and she, then she realized that the um, the other guys did it. Um I also wondered what in the world that French teacher saw in Evan, the guy, kid she had an affair with. I can't imagine what an adult teacher could see in a kid like him, although he was rich, I suppose. But that, I thought, was weird, too. And as far as why the author changed like that, I think she did it on purpose to surprise us. And I actually li- really, really like being surprised in a book. And so that's something that I really liked about this book. I tend to like character-driven books, too, but I liked this, I think, because I like being surprised so much. And I also like the fact that they did have some families in here with their problems, Susan and her two sons, Ryan and Raz, and she had just lost her husband, and um, poor Raz was, you know, getting his friendship with Jordan break broken up by Chris. And so there were some other issues other than just the main plot. Uh Abe, remember the, the the French teacher. Do I have this right? Was the sister to the two brothers that were behind all this stuff uh, ready? They were going to bomb the school, you know, if they could. Right? Was it not the school, or they were going to make a bomb to do something exciting? And I think Abe's nose got him killed. I think he found out a little too much, and he said, "Remember, he said I've got to talk to you," and he tried to call different people. Uh, if there's anything unbelievable is that Chris became so important within three days to to students and faculty. He made himself sure he was all in the middle of everything, you know. But uh, the way faculties work, sometimes it takes you four or five years to be the number one, the kingpin. But he was in, in a week, and that, that was a little unbelievable. Ruthann, I'll let you try again here. Okay, I think she's listening. Oh, sorry. Well, um, I've been trying to get into, um, but um, I, I sort of echo what everybody said. Um, I, but I, I do think she let the ball drop with Abe a little bit. I don't know if that part was necessary to the plot for him to die. And actually, I enjoyed this book. I did like the first three hours. I finally thought, oh, here's a book I can identify with. A lot of these books in these groups, they've been a lot of you know, sex and violence and running around on whitewater rafts and just things that, well, even though I went rafting, I was I read that in hopes that I could find a character to identify with, and I hated that book, you know, The, the River at Night. But, um, you know, I thought being a teacher, I, I enjoyed the, you know, the, the talk in the lounge and the things that were happening on campus and all of that. And um, I was I was very sad at first because I thought, oh, I'm getting attached to this Chris and he's a bad guy and, and they're going to bomb the school. And, well, maybe if it gets too violent, I just won't read it anymore. 
But then she surprised me, and um, he became a good guy. And, and I did like the um, interactions between uh, the, you know, the, the families and what was happening because those are real things that happening. I, that really happened. I've seen that in my teaching career where um, you know, families split and are broken and there are fairs and there are fairs between um, students and teachers. I don't understand that myself either. And um, but I I don't know. Um, as far as what I like to read, I don't care for explicit descriptions. And there really weren't any. I don't really care for. I I don't like blood and gore. Well, there was some of that. And I'm not into adventure. I I'm more character driven. And sometimes I just like to read books um, that are a little bit tempest in a teapot because um, you see enough of this violence and you hear about all this this rude and crude stuff everywhere else that you just want something you can relax with sometimes but this book wasn't really one to relax with but I liked it I really did like the book and you know one other thing before I let up the mic that I liked was the ending because it didn't go into all the details. It let you write part of the end of the story, and I love stories like that. Heather walked into the diner. We don't know if they fell in love and got married. If you want them to fall in love and get married, they could. If you don't, they don't have to. They leave that up to you. You know, I like that. I like the ending of The Sopranos. You really didn't know what happened. They just um, played Don't Stop Believing, and the screen went blank. And I, I like stories that... That don't spell out the whole ending, because then you can you can write your own, and I, I really love stories like that. Well, I um, I really enjoyed the twist in it as well when he when he suddenly turned from a, a bad guy to a good guy, and I thought it was it showed how well it was written that it actually worked because I've I've read quite a few of these books <clears throat> where you're following a character all the way through and you're seeing things from their point of view, and then at the end they t- they totally twist it and it doesn't actually work, and you think, well, no. You were seeing things from that person's point of view, and you wouldn't have seen it like that if if it was uh, if there was somebody else. But this one, I felt it did actually work because you you saw him, you know, trying to work out the logistics of what he was doing, and that worked for a, a bad guy as well as a good guy. So I I thought she wrote that very cleverly, and I like to be surprised in a book. I like someone that can pull off a really good surprise like that. I thought it was good, but I agree with the Abe bit. I wish that had been a bit more explained. Um, because I sort of thought at the end, well, perhaps it was actually a suicide and not um, that he'd been murdered, but that doesn't quite work because of the things that uh, Chris pointed out when he went round to the cottage at the beginning. So I didn't. I wish that had been a bit more described, but I did enjoy it. I mean, I, it was a little bit more action. The end was a bit more actiony than I like. I usually like something to be worked out a little bit, a little, little bit more slowly. Um, you know, and just a, an action scene at the end isn't usually the, the kind of thing I go for. But I did enjoy it. Like you say, like Alan said, you've got to suspend belief just a little bit. And I do agree with them. Um, was it Bob was saying about him getting to know the schoolboys? I thought that did happen a bit quick. I mean, he was asking them questions and they were telling him all sorts of things that I'm not sure they would have done. I think they'd have to know him a lot longer before they would tell things about their friends to somebody like that. But maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, uh, my my biggest complaint about the Abe killing is it, it, that that almost felt like a plot device that that she used. Because if you remember the timing of it, she had him killed right after Chris met with Alec uh, or his boss. And boy, who would want a boss like that guy? Was horrible. 
uh, you know, he met with him, and you thought they were all bad guys. And then she set it up like he had arranged to have the guy killed because he was starting to ask a bunch of questions about his background and stuff. So, yeah, I I thought that was a little bit overdone. And, you know, uh, I kind of liked Abe, but, you know, I didn't want the man to die. So, uh, uh, but that 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 felt a little that felt a little manipulative. But uh, you know, authors do stuff like that. And then Shelley writes. She says, because uh, they were talking about uh, who was it that killed Abe. And then she writes, it was the French teacher, Courtney's brothers. They were the masterminds of everything, and they also killed her husband. So, yeah. Uh, I, I I I don't know. <laughs> some of that some of that violence felt a little bit. I mean, I I I can't say I understand these people that react like this. I can understand why they don't like the government or why they why they get a. I mean, that fracking business is horrible, and uh, uh, I mean they obviously had their lives ruined. It, it seemed to be a little doubt of that. Uh, it doesn't doesn't make it right for them to try to bomb people and stuff, of course, and uh, uh, you know. I, I don't know, but you know, it, 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 it's fiction and it's for entertainment. So uh, stuff like that uh, doesn't always uh, follow reality. So anyway, I'll jump. I'll jump in right here and say quickly that I think I'm more like Michelle. I do sometimes read suspense, but not always. It goes so fast. I believe there was a podcast, an interview on a podcast with Lisa Scatolini. And I did listen to it, and she says she takes all the unnecessary stuff out, but that gives her book a roller coaster feel, which it can sometimes be a bit exhausting. It's almost as though it were written to be a movie. I mean, I could see the stuntmen doing the helicopter rescue. He's hanging by his knees, and leans grabs the guy's hands from the out and pulls him out of the truck window. I'm not even sure. I wonder if that's even possible. It just didn't seem quite believable. I did like the interactions at the school, though. And I will say, has anybody wondered, are the, is the average length of the average book getting shorter? It seems like Bard has a lot of these suspense and other type books, and the average length is between 9 and 11 hours, where in the past, I think books used to think she writes an interesting type of book, and I would, I'm going to go find her nonfiction stuff. She's her daughter. She's been compared to a... David, very insightful. You're buffering a little bit here. Um, I agree with what David said in terms of it, the book read like a, a movie. and I was finding myself kind of seeing a movie as I was, especially the helicopter rescue scene that was straight out of the Hollywood thrillers. Um, but it was okay. I mean, you know, it's it, it, it inspired me to start looking at other Lisa Scottolini books. Um, and I don't know about the length of the books. I keep coming up with some really long ones, but I think that they're. Um, yeah, it depends on the books. I mean, like the the series things, I find shorter than than other things. But I don't know. I guess it's whatever you choose. Yeah, I must say that I, I agree with Shell. The helicopter stuff and the chase scene and stuff. I could. That was probably my least favorite part of the book. I liked the characters and how he got along with the kids at the school and how he developed himself as a coach. And I was thinking as a coach, he might be able to get to know the teachers quicker than if he was just a teacher. But I don't know. I've never worked in the school system. And David, we missed a bit of what you said about 
somebody, a non-fiction author? You were buffering a little bit, and it was silent there. We got most of it, but I didn't hear, I didn't catch what you were saying about reading somebody's non-fiction. Let me try quickly again. Uh, Lisa Scarolini and her daughter, and they write these humor books that have been compared to a modern-day Irma Bombeck. I may have to look at that and see if I would like one. I wanted to end by saying, how many authors do you know who maybe get divorced, don't want to be a lawyer anymore, and start writing books, and each one is a bestseller? That's Cinderella in book form. Um, well, this is Michelle again. I, I Well, I think... Um it was already answered the question that Marcia asked, but I think Sherry asked an interesting question about the relationship between Courtney, who was the teacher, and Evan, who was the student. And, you know, you certainly hear about these relationships every once in a while, you know, when they come in the news and, and other places. And I think, it, you know, I don't, I don't imagine that there was a giant age difference between the two of them. And I think that you have a young guy, an athletic guy, um, a guy who came across as very confident, and you know, it's 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 not an appropriate relationship, but it certainly isn't isn't something that's particularly surprising at all. So I think what she probably saw in him was she saw a young, athletic, good-looking guy, confident, and he saw in her, you know, what younger men sometimes see in, in older women. So. That wasn't particularly surprising to me. I think the character that I found the most interesting in the host story was the mother, Mindy, because she changed so much throughout the story. Like the other two mothers in the story were both working mothers, and one of them was an executive, and the other one, I think, was a waitress. But the character, Mindy, in the beginning, when you met her, she was really snobby and really, really unpleasant. And then her husband was indicted for embezzling funds, and all of a sudden she sort of got a reality check, and she became, a, a, I thought, a, a much nicer person. So I found her, out of all the characters in the story, I think the most interesting. And um, I wasn't exactly sure what the title meant. I mean, I didn't know if the title meant that he was creating one perfect lie, the um, the teacher with his the way that he was you know, uh, going undercover, or was it one perfect lie that the town was really idyllic, but underneath there was all this turmoil, or I wasn't, I have to say, I wasn't 100% sure about what, what the title actually meant. Well, I w- I'm just literal. I think the perfect lie was what Chris was doing, undercover. I, by the way, at our school, we had narcs, but they were students, to my knowledge, okay? Uh, the principal might have known about it, but we never heard that. But we had narcs. They looked like students or young, and they're cops. And uh, you know, and <laughs> they took a busload away, and the and the girl was on the sidewalk laughing at them, and they hated her. You know, the druggies on this campus. They they got them. But uh, who knows? We may have had a teacher undercover and just never knew it. Um, yeah, Abe was killed. I think. Uh, well, let me go to the Evan. It isn't appropriate. No, we hear about it. You know. But it isn't appropriate for a teacher to have an affair with a with a kid. Does it happen? Yes, but you're you're really special. You, you, you know, we took it that we were special people trying to create uh, good examples for our kids. And uh, yet, I had an aide who'd go to the parties. I told her, you know, you really shouldn't do that, a teacher aide. But I had no control over her, and uh, it was that was the closest that I know happened at our that I around me. And I said, you're making a... Was it photo of herself to 
to Evan. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I guess maybe I just don't know that generation. I just, I just found that just like very hard to believe. But hey, what do I know? Maybe, maybe that's what they're doing now. Well, didn't she send that uh, that sexting uh, photo under an assumed name? Wasn't that Heather? I, I didn't quite get that either. I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry, I got disconnected. I only wanted to say that uh, did not did they not two things? Did they not show her picture around of the baseball team? So they must have all known. The boys knew. And secondly, remember she had an affair with Evan because she brought him into the scam into the terrorist situation. And that was the, that was her target. That was her target to bring him in. That's what I remember anyway. I'm not, I'm not remembering it that way. I, th- I think she got involved with Evan, and then he just he ended up getting in, involved. Uh, I think the brothers got him involved against his will and stuff. I'm, I, I don't really think I didn't really get the the sense that Courtney. I mean, Courtney did not think it was going to be like the horrific thing they had actually planned on doing. They weren't giving her the straight scoop. And, uh, but, you know, maybe she did get him involved to get the, uh, uh, the ammonium nitrate. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But that picture that went out, yeah, I it, mean, it was identified. I think Evan was probably telling all the guys on the baseball team that he sent it to that it was just one of the girls that he went around with and stuff. But, but still, I just, <laughs> just, uh, I, I, I guess if you're uh, in your 30s and you're a teacher and you're having an affair with a 70-year-old student, then uh, I, I guess the sky's the limit. So I actually liked the last scene where he was in the helicopter and he rescued um, the, the guy, the little guy out the truck. I forget their names, but I just that was the best scene for me. Um, I felt like she developed the characters just too slow for me. Like, I was like, oh, gosh, how much longer, how much longer? And um, what a humbling experience for Mindy. That's usually how it happens in real life. You think you're at the top of the world, and then something happens beyond your control, and it's quite humbling. I think my favorite characters were the mothers, and um, was it Raz and his brother and, and all these people? I preferred that side of the um, of the whole book. I thought it was really interesting. As um, was it Sherry was saying how much the mothers changed in the relationships with the children. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was I thought it was so well done. But I did wonder what sort of life Chris is going to have now because. You think he spent his whole career doing this sort of thing, going in and uh, basically wrecking um, bad people's um, setups. And there must be loads and loads. When you think of the loads of people out there that would have a grudge towards him, and now he's not undercover anymore. I mean, he's, his photographs and he was doing interviews all over the telly. Um, everyone's going to know who he is, and uh, it makes you wonder how long it would be before somebody who he has done over in the past would uh, come along and, and settle scores on him because he's, he had a whole career of it. He must have really annoyed a lot of very bad people and there he is standing on the telly giving interviews and whatever. I'm not sure I'd want to be in. I want to say that I, I totally agree with Michelle on Mindy. I didn't like her at first. She was into everything, you know, uh, Queen of the Hill. And uh, Paul was a creep. And was it Evan, her son? Oh, we didn't want to tell you. 
you know, you, you had no right to know. We just, I mean, it was horrible. And finally, Mindy got them together and, and the world dropped out from under her. Uh, Paul, I think, did fake go to prison briefly, as I understand it. And what with Evan? Evan, did he go to jail too? I think he did for a little while. Um, but Mindy's world dropped out from under her. And I, I like Mindy. I think she grew up a great deal in this in this book. Shell, I want to know what kind of birds those are tweeting in your house. Yeah, I, I like the sounds of the birds as well, Shell. They, they sound very pretty. Um, I think one thing that the author did, I thought, very well, although I'm certainly far removed from being a teenager or somebody in their 20s, is it does seem to me nowadays that, you know, the kids, the kids, um, they they do a lot of stuff like with pictures and they send it around to each other and they send all kind of messages to each other. And there's a lot of like very casual kind of hooking up. Not that there wasn't always a lot of casual hooking up all throughout the years, but to me, it seems like it's it's a little bit more casual. And maybe maybe it's not more casual. Maybe it's just it's more public. Like I think years ago, it wasn't as broadcast as much as it is now. And now, you know, I, I'm I can imagine that there's a lot of young people that take these pictures and these messages, and I don't think they realize. That I'm that their friend, the person they're sending it to, might send it to all their friends, like the messages or the the pictures or things like that. So, um, I I think that that's probably pretty realistic and um, and certainly you know a little kind of disturbing to to read about in the book actually because it's it's you know you can see like something like that could really um, you know embarrass somebody like you make somebody very uncomfortable to have things like that publicly revealed. Oh, my my reaction was the same, really. I I just couldn't believe that she would send a picture of herself to somebody who she knew was a lot younger than her and on the uh, on that team as well. I mean, it was you'd know it was going to get passed around, but perhaps they don't care now. I don't know. I know she didn't include her head and she had a false name, but um, you know you wouldn't trust him not to tell them all, especially it being uh, you know somebody older. You'd think he was going to brag about it, but. Like you say, maybe they maybe they don't care. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't want it, would you? But they're young and there's a different attitude, I suppose. And uh, Evan did get he got five years in prison in the end, which I don't suppose is too bad. I don't know whether I don't know whether it's the same over there over here. If you get five years, you probably only serve about three, so he wouldn't have been in too long. And the birds are a budgie and a parrot. That's what they are. So they sit at opposite ends of the room and t- tweet to each other. Well, I thought it was pretty uh, good of Net Mindy, the way she went and investigated the checking accounts and opened her son's uh, savings account to figure out what was was going on there. Uh, one thing I think I missed, and maybe someone can help me to figure out, uh, I didn't understand why the FBI and thought that there was going to be a bombing on the date of the Oklahoma bombing. Uh, I didn't go back to see what in the world uh, was that. How come they were onto that in the first place? But I couldn't figure out that, so I just went along with it. And I thought that this book was like a a movie, but a TV movie, uh, Law and Order or something like that, and I didn't think it at all possible for a moving helicopter and a moving car and a man to hang up 
upside down on a rope ladder by his legs and get a man outside of a car uh, from the driver's side. How, uh, heck, I have a hard time getting out the door when I open the car door, let alone snatch him out and then carry him along. He's, what, 150, 50, 60 pounds and that, okay, that was just made it all TV uh, kind of movie style for me. But other than that, I thought the book was, you know, kind of nice to read. Um, first of all, in response to what Courtney saw in Evan, David had typed in the Rindo stud muffin. So perhaps that was it. And as far as dragging him out the window, he, I could maybe suspend belief if it was like a 10-year-old kid or somebody small. But a high school kid is pretty good size, especially an athlete. So, yeah, that you did have to suspend belief for that. As far as how they were on to them, that they were going to bomb something, I thought originally they were going to bomb the fracking site. I don't remember what changed their mind, but that's the only reason Courtney and Evan helped them out is because they thought they were going to bomb the fracking site, and then they changed their minds and went in for a bigger target. One other nice touch, I thought, was when Chris discovered Courtney being hidden in that... Um, room underneath the horse stall because I know some people that are into horses and that's really realistic that the horse would have acted a little bit nervous and uncomfortable I thought that was kind of a nice unexpected touch I like that horse that was a great scene I agree with you and Ladon, I think it I think it's pretty common for for uh, of course I'm getting all this through through book reading and stuff but I, I, I think law enforcement that investigates a lot of these terrorist activities I think it's real common for anniversary dates to be a real, uh, like a a time that they the, the terrorists like to to do stuff. So that Oklahoma City bombing, nine eleven, obviously, and uh, 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 other events. I guess it's kind of like uh, pouring salt in the wound. I guess if you can uh, do something and then do it on a you know a, a, a day that's that something else bad happened on it's just that just makes it all the all the worse but uh i i think they're really heightened uh their attention and span the law enforcement folks really uh, uh ramps up during during those kind of uh those event days uh memorable days to watch for stuff like that i wanted to ask did courtney go to prison it's been a month ago since i read it i know she was beautiful uh, and so forth. And yes, I agree with Alan. Hitler's birthday, the Nazis come out, the FBI is tense because some idiot's going to try to celebrate his birthday by bombing something. And certainly the Tim McVeigh Oklahoma anniversary was a, is a, a, a big time for terrorists. Courtney went to prison for 12 years, so she got more time than Evan probably because she was older and they expected her to know better. Um, I know a lot of people have raised their hands and couldn't get in, but looks like no one's hand is up now, so now's your chance. Hi, I was just going to say um, the texting thing didn't surprise me. Unfortunately, it is a thing right now, and, and kids do it, and they do it pretty freely. Um, I think, you know, for me, that's when I start feeling like really old, is because yeah, you know, in my generation, hooking up and free love and all that kind of stuff was, you know, was done, but it was still something that most people felt was definitely in the private realm. It wasn't out there all over the place. And we certainly didn't have the technology. And I'm sorry, but that's just not a very attractive part of the human body. I, 
I don't know why people think it's cool to send it around in a picture, but yeah, it 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 is a thing. So that didn't that didn't shock me that that was in the book for that time and in that age group particularly. I have a friend about forty five, and you say hello, and you hear a clicking of his iPhone. He cannot talk more than three words without clicking to somebody in New York or something. It's incredible. I would have liked an epilogue to this book. I would have liked to have known how Mindy turned out to handle the consequences of her husband's embezzlement. And I don't remember if he went to prison in this book or not. It wasn't an important plot point, but I would have liked to have known. I also would have liked to have known how Evan and Courtney handled their prison terms. And what you said earlier, Shell, that in the UK, if you get five years, you serve three. That's frequently the case here, assuming you have good behavior. Bob, I have to say your your friend's incredibly rude. I mean, that's, uh, I, 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 I don't know, I, I, the, the whole, phones are great and the technology's great and, and, and I love it, but man, if you can't give a person that you're with or, or talking to attention uh, and, and let them know their number one focus at the time, yeah, I know, I sound like a real old fart, but sorry, it is what it is, uh, That that's just wrong. Oh, I agree. And it says something that some of the top people at Apple don't let their children have iPads and iPhones. They want them, you know, not to have these scattery attention spans because these phones teach you. they sort of like slot machines. You're always clicking, nailing you next. Who's liked your Snapchat? Who did this? Who did that? And everything is constantly shorter. Who reads long anymore? Except maybe a few of us. Yeah, it's it's so interesting about all these devices because I'm I'm not somebody that spends a lot of time on any of these kind of things. And my sister came to visit me a couple of weeks ago. She stayed for a few days, and all she's been coming to my apartment for like 15 years, you know, and and, and on vacations and things like that. And this is the first time that every time I would, because I'm I'm partially sighted, every time I would look over at her she'd be looking at her device, and I kept saying to her, what's going on here? All these years, you never really spend any time. Now she's, like, addicted to it, you know. She's, she can't stop looking at it. It's just crazy. So I don't know. I never really understand the attraction of it, but I'm, I'm clearly, clearly in the minority. Um, so um, I'm just wondering, because we do have a lot of people here tonight, and we're fortunate to have both Bob and Alan here, um, if anybody has any questions about the Zoom platform, because I know we're transferring over to it on Monday, um, you know, I'm sure they would be happy to, to answer any, any you know, brief questions. I know there's going to be a program on Monday, but if anybody has any questions about it you, that you want to ask the, the two experts here, you know, please feel free. Well, I have to agree with David. When I was married, it was just kind of understood that we were going to hold off on the technology, and our kids were happy. Driving, they were doing just fine. Got divorced, and my husband allowed it in their hands shortly after. So now, you know, my daughter was here last time, and I could hear texts constantly coming to her phone. I said, Boy, Daphne, your friends love you. She said, I know, huh? <laughs> I didn't notice her texting back, but she could have been. But it's it's just everywhere. I didn't want them to be bound by a phone or bound by an iPad, but it happened. Disappointing. Well, I think it's a good thing we're moving, and this hasn't happened in a long time on, on Talking Communities, but I've been kicked out of the room twice tonight, and I've noticed there's more people buffering 
So uh, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing we're moving. And uh, Bob, while you're here, I wanted to let you know. Thank you for sending out that uh, email this afternoon. Uh, forward, um, I registered for that uh, podcast, Zoom podcast, a week from today. It's going to be two o'clock my time. So, thanks for sharing that. Um, before we get too much into Zoom. Um uh, Shelley had another comment that she wished there would have been an epilogue too. She would have liked to have known um, not only what happened to Mindy, but to Evan and all his friends and Chris, and it would have tied up a lot of loose ends. And I'm probably paraphrasing here, Shelley. I hope that's okay. Okay, well, I'm going to go back. Uh, Kurt, his name I think was Kurt Abbott, and he was training ATFs. Uh, young agents. I think that's where he was. So who knows where he went later? Who knows if he married Heather? We don't know those things. Um, the, the one thing we'll decide are the leaders of this group. You are the group leaders. The hosts and the alternates are simply administrative people there to help you. You cannot get into the room unless a host or an alternate comes in because we, we talked hard about that. We don't want just guys playing their guitar in the room or messing around. Uh, and so forth. Um, you'll have to decide. I don't think we need to mute people in this group. I think we're civilized. I think we respect each other, but Michelle and Sherry can work on the conduct of, of, of a conference call. You know, do that. We need to be recognized or am I going to jump ahead and Marsha beats me? Oh, I'll back away. You know, well, what are we going to do on that? That's the only thing I see. David won't need his microphone. I know he's, he has so much to say. He could use his telephone. Everyone must get an invitation to our, our uh, uh, it'll be in the newswire of fiction, old and new. It never changes the invitation. So if you don't get, if you don't get um, the newswires, you should get into them. You, you know, uh, and uh, the easiest way is um, aw-announcements plus sign, subscribe at groups.io. That's one way, because announcements go in there. Alan may have his thoughts. Alan's the expert. He's worked very, very hard on this. We wouldn't be here without Alan's help, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, I was just wondering, um, is it fairly self-explanatory? I mean, I've got the program here that was sent out in one of the emails. I've downloaded the program, and if um, if I just have a go at setting it up, is it going to be fairly, you know... Um, if you've got somebody with you that's a bit technically savvy, is it going to be fairly obvious what to do? And um, when you say we're going to have to sync from the email, which is it is it like a little password or something that, that you've got to put in to get into the specific rooms? Um, I'm just wondering because when the um, is it on the tenth when this um, Zoom thing's on, it's going to be very late at night for me, and I was wondering if if I'm going to really need to go to it or whether I'll be able to work it out on my own. If you have um, Alan's document that he created, Shell, if not, Alan can probably send it to you. It's it's fairly short. It's, I don't know, four or five pages maybe, but it's very comprehensive and explains it very well. Um, that would probably be sufficient. And if you want to practice at some point, there's plenty of us that would be willing to do that 
on your time schedule for a change because like your evening would be middle of the day for me and I'd be happy to set up a time although I'm not a host so it might have to be Alan or Bob just to practice and basically you'll get an email and you just click on the link and it should take you right to the room but if you don't have Alan's um, document let us know and he can send it to you yeah and uh the the, the the Zoom client that that I, I assume you have like a Windows computer, but it, 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 it's 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 pretty basic uh, shell. It it it's it's not overly complicated. The uh, and and it's I'm not going to say that it's 100 percent accessible in every strictest sense of the word, but it's it's certainly usable, and it's very simply laid out. It it's not very complicated, so. Uh, uh, you can certainly play around with it. The thing I find about it is I, I find that I get inconsistent treatment with it. And that's one thing I'm going to write their technical support about to try to get a better feel for some of this. It's something I'm trying to advise folks. Because you'll have a live link. There'll be a meeting invitation link that we're going to be putting out in these newswires. And in my opinion, if you're going to use a device to attend, not just your telephone... Get that device, get on that device, get the newswire, and click the link with that device. And it should be, what I want to happen is I want the, you know, the program or the, the, uh, uh, the, the client, the Zoom client, to automatically start when you do that. I'm not really sure it does, but uh, still, the... The invitations, it's got like a meeting ID, and it, it's built into the invitation, and it's just easier. You don't have to do any extra key, and you don't have to, I mean, if you've already got an account set up with Zoom, you don't have to sign in. You shouldn't have to sign in if it's working right, and it's just, it's just a lot cleaner. Plus, you'll be identified by name. If a bunch of people call in on the telephone, they're going to be listed by their telephone numbers and stuff, not not by name because they didn't use an account to come in and that's fine i mean it's still a, you can still participate which is which is great and we love having uh more platforms available that's why we switched to this but uh like i said and and i'm happy if, if you want to you know if you want to get into your uh zoom client i'll be happy to 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 send you an invitation and just just let you kick the tires a bit, and we can, we can just play with it for a bit. I've done it with uh, Sherry and, and Ladon, and I. Have, you know, I did it with Sherry, and I did it with Ladon. Just uh, there, there's no substitute for getting in and actually using something because it's just just a lot cleaner. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to drone on for so long. So, Shell, um, you're the one I worry about the most because you're across the pond. If you email with somebody here, Michelle, or I think she said she's in contact with you. Get to her, get to her. Um, she'll get to Alan, and he'll get your email. Rather than say it here, we'll forget it. And I, Alan will help you here. There's a thing that if you want to download the app, but like he says, the easiest way, get on your computer, go in, look for join. It may ask you to run a small program your first time. Run it, and you'll go right in the room. That's the theory, okay? And uh, that should happen. And we're still going to get guys who call later. I couldn't get in. We do, we are offering training. We're doing the best we can at Mystic Access's training. Michael, Morrow, Alan, Daniel, V. Hill are trainers, and we're all on your side. So 
get the word out when you want to do it. And I'm sure if you get to Alan or Sherry, will get it to us. Uh, one of us will go in there and make sure the room's ready. Shell, one thing that I found very helpful was Alan sent out a very detailed um, email, which I hope that you've gotten. But if not, I could forward it to you. Alan could forward it to you. But within that email, there is an eight-minute. There's a link to an eight-minute audio, which was done by Mystic Access, and that was very helpful because what they do is they take you kind of step by step through how to set up the Zoom program and things like that. So, you know, I'm I'm not very techy and I'm I'm really not good with assistive technology. I mean, I wasn't good with a computer before I became visually impaired and it's been much more challenging ever since then. And what I did in this case is I set up my Zoom account on the computer and I'm assuming because you're in Wales you're not going to want to call in. It might be very expensive. You're going to want to do it through your computer. So the first thing you have to do is set up your Zoom uh, program on the computer or the the app on the iPhone or however you want to do it. And then um, what happens is once you set that up, you get the newswire. And within the newswire, there is the link to the meeting room. And what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to click on the link to the meeting room and go to the meeting room. And the way that it seems to work best is the first thing you do is sign into the Zoom program. You don't want to click the link to the meeting room and then sign into the Zoom program. You want to sign into the Zoom program first. And then what happens, and I've been practicing with this, is it takes you to the the meeting room, and then you're going to get a little dialog box that says something like you have to wait for the host if you get there and the host is not there. If the host is there, theoretically, you're supposed to go right into the room. And if you sign, if you have an account set up and it's a free account, you don't have to pay for it, it would have your name as well. But the thing that I found very helpful as someone who's not, and you're probably way more techy than I am, um, is listen to this eight-minute audio that they did from Mystic Access. Alan provided the link in the email, and I listened to it quite a few times, and she does do a pretty good job. Um, I forgot which one of the trainers it was who did it, but uh, it might have been Kim, and she goes through the steps of how to, to set up the program and how to go into the meeting room, and then the other thing is I would suggest practice, like get in touch with Alan and practice with him to make sure, because you're, you may have a little bit more challenge being overseas, possibly, I don't know, than the rest of us. And we certainly want you to come to Fiction Old and New because we love having you. So that would be my suggestion. Thank you. Yes, I must have missed the uh, email. I don't know if you've still got my email address, Alan. If you could um, forward it to me, that would be fantastic. And um, my hubby's fairly, I'm not very good technically, but he's pretty good. So um, I'll have a go and follow the instructions, as you say. So we should be okay. And once I think I've got got it together maybe um, you know maybe I can get in touch with Alan to have a, a bit of a practice with me but if you could um, forward that email to me Alan that would be brilliant I will provided my internet continues to hold out I've been having issues with AT&T and it went down for about three hours this afternoon but it came back right before this meeting started so uh, but yeah I will do it as soon as we get off and uh, uh, yeah and, and I'm happy if anybody wants to do a, like a training session I'm happy to do it so like I say 
I think everybody is really going to like this service. The quality is outstanding. But like anything new, we're going to have to learn how to use it. And it's going to have some burps and stuff, just like anything else new usually does. And, uh, I mean, it, 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 it may just have some burps, period, uh, regardless of whether it's new or not. But uh, we'll learn what they are, and we'll find a way to work around them and stuff. So, uh, uh I, I've I've been very very impressed, and uh, of course I you know I love my iPhone anyway, and it, it's just real easy to do on an iPhone, and uh, uh, and, and and quite frankly it's it's pretty easy to do on the computer too. So uh, uh, it, it, it it is a very very powerful uh, uh, platform, and I, I get this I get these emails from somebody. His name is Norm Coombs. I don't know if anybody's come across him before. He he does some kind of assistive technology for one of the universities or something, and I got some kind of email today. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read about it, but they're they're doing some kind of Zoom session too, where they talk about the accessibility features of Zoom. And I think somebody from Zoom is gonna be in this meeting. You got to sign up for it and stuff. But like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find out more about it. I don't know if that was that podcast that y'all were referring to on Bob. I got about two hundred and something messages behind while my while my system was down today. But anyway, there's a lot of information out there about it, so I'll quit talking now. Norm Koontz is very uh, notarized. He's been known a long time, fifteen years in this business, and he care. I don't know if he's a blind guy or what, but he's a professor, and he cares about accessibility. And yeah, they're having a Zoom panel. You have to register for it. If you didn't get the email, let us all know. We'll we'll get it to you. Alan, that was an excellent document that you prepared on Zoom, and I, you know, I really appreciated that. Um, I've been doing some of the – I signed up for some of the modules for the iOS, so I've been doing it with Mystic Access, going through Zoom for that. But my issue with Zoom is I don't know if I have an account or not because – I've clicked on the link and it takes me right in, but I don't, you know, I was never asked for a password or anything as far as setting up my account. And I'd sort of like to have an account that I could use myself and learn how to use it myself, too, because I would like to maybe set out, uh, send out Zoom invitations and maybe use Zoom for some of my work if I could. But I don't know if I have an account or not, so I don't know whether I should just go on or if I just have this little applet that they send or if it's a real account and if not I, I don't know if I should just go to Zoom USA and try to set one up and see what happens or if it would just confuse things so I'm confused about that and then another quick question I had for somebody was um, is um, there was something brought up the other day about um, on you know when we had our last tech talk that Pat Seed of um, accessible of talking communities wanted some beta testers and I never heard about that I and mean, where does one do that because after all that she's done for us I'd sort of like to help her out with that uh, Pat has not sent out a release asking for beta testers I told her if she ever does we'll spread it to all of our lists of course and she's a wonderful woman she's learning zoom she wants to help where she can and I've known Pat a long time she's a good person and if anybody can save talking community, she can, because the leadership that we knew have, have given up. So there you go. Um, the other, uh, I would uh, go to zoom.us and see if you have an account. You'll create it, Carla, 
and they will tell you if you do if that's a normal way to go. And, uh, you know, once you sign in, I, I never log out. So I, <laughs> I, when I, you know, when I start Zoom on my desktop, you get an icon there and I, I'm logged in. I just don't mess around with logging out. I have a password, though, and the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I think you're wise, Bob. I, 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 I'm almost wondering if, I mean, I don't, I don't normally like to have programs running, you know, at, at system startup if I'm not using them all the time. But I, my experience after I had my training thing with Ladon was that it, it just seemed a little bit confusing about what you get when you click a link. And, and I would already attended a bunch of meetings. So uh, uh, it, it seems to be, like Michelle said, it seems more straightforward if you launch whatever you're planning on you know, participating with. Like if you're going to do it on the computer, to launch the Zoom client on your computer before you click any meeting links and stuff. And and thank y'all for the kind words about that document. I I, I really enjoyed writing it. Kind of kind of took me back to when I was when I was working and uh, uh, writing <laughs> writing tax memos about how to how to save tax money and stuff. But th- this was a lot more fun researching than reading the Internal Revenue Code. I gotta I gotta tell you. If there are no more questions, do we have a book for October what fifth? Uh, we might want to talk about what our next book is, unless that was already talked about when I got kicked out of the room. Yes, um, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, yes, I, I've discovered that I never sign out of the Zoom program. I just leave it open all the time. It's, it's on my PC. I don't know if you're on an iPhone, if it's a problem to leave a computer on, a program on all the time, but I just leave it. I never sign out of it. And Carla, I suspect if you don't have a password, that you probably do not have an account because I've gone to some of those Mystic Access programs and I think I don't think you need to be have signed up for Zoom to do it. So I would suggest when you have a chance to open up your own account because you'll have your your name will show up with your your password as well. So probably not. And the last thing I'll say, and I'll probably get booed by some of the people that are better at this than than I am, is you know at least for fiction old and new. Please don't worry about coming in on the phone because I, I and Sherry, I'm sure as well, are happy to work with anybody who wants to come to our program. And I understand that it's preferable if you could come in on the computer so we could see who you are. But, you know, we'll figure it out because I don't want people to feel that, you know, you can only come in if you could come in uh, if you sign your name in. It's it's hard a lot of times, at least for me, to learn assistive technology. And, um, you know, the phone is a lot easier a lot of times than learning to do things. And maybe over time, you know, everybody will learn how to do it. But, it, you know, if you want to come in on the phone, come in on the phone, and we'll just go around if there's phone numbers, and we'll just ask people, and I'll, you know, make a little list of, like, you know, what the area code is and the person's name, and we'll kind of figure it out. So please don't feel like you have to come in the first time with your name. If it's easier to come on the phone, come in on the phone. Um, The book that we're going to be reading for Friday, October 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's a very popular book. I hope Many of you haven't already read it. Um, it's called Little Fires Everywhere, and the author is Celeste Ng. And Celeste is C-E-L-E-S-T-E, and her last name is N-G. It's pronounced Ng, but it's spelled N-G. And the DB number is 89018. And um, this has been a 
big bestseller. Um, there's lots and lots and lots to talk about with this book. Tons of characters, tons of issues. Um, it's not a suspense book. So for those of you who like suspense books, you're going to be disappointed um, because it's not a suspense book, although there is controversy, but it's not a mystery or suspense. It's, you know, it's like more like a, a regular general sort of fiction book, um, but it takes place in a town in Ohio. Um, there's a lot of, there's a, basically two main families. There's a lot of interrelationships. Um, there's uh, issues about interracial adoption. There's issues about um, different relationships between different peoples, different mothers, different children. Um, there's, there's really a lot to, to talk about. I read this book probably about a year ago, and I thought it was very, very well written. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read it again because it's been too long, uh, and I don't remember it that well. Um, if you like this book, um, her first book, Everything I Never Told You, also big bestseller. That's a mystery. So if you like mysteries, um, that's a family story, but there's a big mystery element in that, in that story. So if you find you like Little Fires Everywhere, you may want to read her first book. But this is called Little Fires Everywhere. The author is Celeste Ng, and the DB number is 89018. We're going to meet on Friday, October 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on the Zoom platform. So thank you. Um, Carl-